Welcome, WCUA Radio, coming to you live from the nation's capital. It is Tuesday's nightly news update with Nick Barry. I am your host, Nick Barry. It is episode number eight. Thank you very much for joining me, coming to you live from the Prisbola Center in the studio at WCUA. It is 8.07 p.m. It is 56 degrees in Washington, D.C. Uh, so episode eight features senior Nicholas Swanson. He is a senior here at Catholic University. Thank you very much for joining me here, Nick. How are you tonight? Hi, Nick. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for joining me here, Nick, tonight. So the theme for tonight's episode is, you know, we're going to be talking about Nick, Nick Swanson's time here at Catholic University and, well, you know, what he's been up to and what clubs he's part of. So, again, thank you very much for joining me tonight, Nick. I, I appreciate you spending the time here tonight to talk to me. So um, first question I have for me for you tonight is where are you from, Nick? You know, uh, where are you from? So I'm from Minnesota, uh, the Twin Cities area. So the Twin Cities are... Uh, we have two uh, major uh, metropolitan cities in the same area right next to each other, St. Paul and Minneapolis. So I'm from that sort of metro area. I live in the suburbs uh, just outside of the two big cities. So I'm from the Twin Cities area is the most accurate way to say it. So what exactly, what part of Minnesota are you from? Are you from St. Paul area or from Minneapolis? Or are you so, there, I mean, I live uh, in the suburbs close to both of them so people ask me that you know where which city are you closer to i'm probably closer to st paul but it's they're right next to each other so it's um i i would sort of say both you'd sort of say both yeah because that's what the, when you say twin cities you're referring to those two cities you know those urban areas within those cities as well as the surrounding suburbs so the majority of minnesota's got i think like five and a half million uh the population size is about five and a half million people and the majority of them live in the twin cities area so that is includes the two major cities but the majority of that population in the twin cities area lives in the suburbs that surround the two big cities and then you have we have what you've called greater minnesota which is the parts outside of basically everywhere else aside from the twin cities um and that's where uh, a sizable number of people live, but but a minority of the state's residents. So, how far is like a flight for you to get to Catholic University in D.C.? So, like, would it take about three hours? I per se. So, um, it takes. I'm trying to think, it's it's maybe like two hours if actual flying time. Um, in the air, I would say maybe two and a half. It's not, it really isn't bad at all. Um, you know, you have the time, oftentimes I feel like I'm just sitting in the runway for half an hour, so that could add on. But it, it's a it's a fairly quick flight, and we have Ronald Reagan, we have direct flights out here, so it's, um, I mean, for people in Minnesota who want to visit um, Washington, D.C., it's not a bad trip. People here in D.C., they want to go to Minnesota, it's a pretty smooth right out there as well. I think it's probably easier than a lot of people who, you know, their families live in New York or Connecticut or something or New Jersey and they have to drive hours down, drive hours back. I think it's probably easier for me to get home uh, with the airplane. So, Well, that's great, Nick. So you are a, you are a history major here, right? Correct? I am. That is right. So w what made you get into the, the history program here? At what age did you start getting into history? 
Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll say I'm also a, a Hispanic studies major, so I'm a double major. Okay. But in terms of history, um, I mean, I was, uh, growing up, I was interested in history. I mean, history, at least when I grew, when I was growing up in Minnesota, the history was always in whatever class that was called social studies, basically. So social studies was, you know, the catch-all term for history, for anything having to do with politics or civics. Um, I think when I was in high school, I was uh, interested in history, but I wasn't super interested in history. And I think one of the things that I appreciated when I got here with the, with studying history was that it was different from high school. So in high school, I remember a lot of just sort of reading a textbook. So I remember taking AP U.S. history where it would just be you're reading this big, fat, thick 600-something six hundred something page textbook and you just have to read a big chunk of it every week and take notes on it. And I think I thought that was a little bit boring because it was in a way it was just, you know, one man or a couple of people's uh, take on hundreds of years of history. Um, but when I got to CUA, I took a couple of classes, um, in particular in the honors program. And I'll, I'll say the one class I think that sort of, if I hadn't taken it, I probably wouldn't be a history major, was uh, I took it the spring of 2019, so my freshman year. It was uh, Honors Humanities 102 from Charlemagne de Chaucer with uh, Dr. Davis here, who was one of the history department professors. And I really loved that class. So it was we just read um, primary sources, and it was almost all primary sources. So secondary sources, things like... Um, textbooks, um, scholarly articles, that sort of thing, and then primary sources, the texts that, um, you know, actually come from the time period. So we read, in that class, we read Beowulf, we read Dante's Inferno, uh, we read Eric and Aeneid, uh, we read The Song of Roland, and I did this paper on the, the, the poem of the Cid, which was a wonderful experience for me. But I, I remember feeling in that class, and I felt that since that when I actually read the primary sources, I started to like history a lot more because rather than just a passive recipient of, of history, rather than just reading about what happened according to some one person or a couple of people in a textbook, I felt like I was an actual contender, that I was actually contending when I read these sources with the, the arguments, with, with the, the questions. I, I would have to wrestle with what can we understand in this text? What can we not understand? And then I also came to appreciate that even when you're reading the classics, I think there's something that you can discover in them. Because I think sometimes we have this attitude of when you're reading a classic or something, you think, well, there's nothing new you can say. But I think every, every time you say something about a text uh, in a truthful way, you're adding to uh, the bank of knowledge that has been opened up through study. And I think... Uh, there's a sense of encounter that you have with these texts that can make you really love it. So I've enjoyed history here, and I think it was one of my best decisions to major in it. Well, thank you for that, Nick. So what what made you come? I forgot to ask you this before. Since you're from the greater Minnesota area, St. Paul, Minneapolis area, what made you come to Catholic University in the first place? Yeah, so... Um, I decided to come to CUA because, uh, well, I, I'll start by saying it wasn't my first choice and it wasn't the school that was most on my radar when I started. Um, I applied to a number of different schools and I was actually going to go to, um, 
a different school. So I, I the school that I was sort of leaning towards going to was uh, the small school in, in Minnesota called St. John's University, and it's uh, has a it's basically that's the men's part of it, and then there's a women's part of it called College of St. Benedict. So it's basically one university: St. John's, St. Ben's, St. Ben's girls, St. John's boys. The classes are all mixed. It's just they live on separate campuses, but people have classes on both. Um, so I uh, was sort of set on going there. It's in Minnesota. It's only an hour and a half or something, two hours from where I live. I knew people going there. Um, and I had visited CUA in 20, uh, I'm trying to think, I think it was 2017 maybe, or no, I think it was 2018 in the, um, uh, um, no, it must've been 2017. Yes. So yeah, it was 2017 in like June of 2017, I took a tour of CUA and it went well. But I don't think I was particularly sold on it. But then I did a, um, uh, they do Odyssey Day, I think, in like April yeah. or something. And so I came for that. Um, and, um, you know, my mom had encouraged me. She just said, why don't you go? Um, why don't you go to CUA? Just check it out. Just make sure you're sure about where you want to go. Because I was leaning towards going to this school in Minnesota. And I think... She may have sort of known that, um, you know, I, I would it was just sort of part of the reason I was leading towards a school in Minnesota is because it was going to be easier for me, not necessarily to be the right decision, but to be easier. And I came out here um, and I met a professor who wonderful professor who um, he said, you know, because we were talking about my faith and we were talking about the Catholic identity of the school. And he said to me, there will be students like you here. Um, and when I heard that from him, that was one of the big turning points for me because I thought I didn't want to go somewhere. You know, I, I one of the other schools that I was I don't want to say almost got w went there, but um, Boston College. Um, I actually got in there and uh, Villanova. And so there, you know, in terms of ranking, if I had just gone with the school with the highest ranking, those two would have been a better choice. But I, I didn't feel like as compared to. CUA I would fit in as well there and then I did um, uh, uh, the honors night so there was a the honors program does a, a night for the high school students who have either been admitted or uh, yeah I think mostly the ones that have been admitted um, to sort of convince them and I remember I had dinner with um, in the great rooms with my mother and it was uh, I actually sat by the dean of philosophy and then another professor named Dr. Clemens, some people might know, who's from the theology department, F really great professor, really funny guy. And um, talking to them, uh, I spent the night, I just sort of knew in my heart that this was the right place. And then I went back home and I talked to some, some, some of my high school teachers. I went to a wonderful high school and my teachers were very supportive of me, LaSallean High School. And, um, you know, I had one teacher who told me, she said, in, you know, f in comparison to the school in Minnesota and the school in CUA, she said, if you go to this school, you go to St. John's in Minnesota and you don't like it, it's going to be very hard to go out to D.C. But she said, if you go out to D.C. and you don't like it, it'll be much easier to come back. And I took that sort of advice and then I decided a couple days before the deadline I'd come to CUA. So Are that was sort of my story. Sorry, that was long. 
are you the farthest in your family to go to school away from home? I think that's I think that's probably right. Yeah. I mean my um uh my uh I had some uncles that went to I had an uncle that went to Marquette. But most of my family stayed like my parents both my mom did go to school for Iowa for a while, but they both they both graduated from the University of Minnesota. So my um I guess in my family people tend to go to school there. So this was sort of going away. Well, thank you. So um, I want to bring up here. So you're a senior now. What what clubs are you involved here on campus? Yeah. So um, I'm involved. One of the clubs I'm involved in is the Knights of Columbus. So Knights of Columbus is a Catholic men's fraternal organization. So it was founded in the end of the 19th century by a priest in Connecticut named Father Michael McGivney and the goal for the Knights was to sort of give men an outlet, Catholic men, Catholic adult men, so you have to be Catholic and 18 to be a member, um, a community of faith and fraternity and service and charity and unity and patriotism and um, so I've been part of that, I'm the treasurer for the Knights and I've made a lot of friends through that. Um, I'm also involved with Cardinals for Life, so I'm the president of Cardinals for Life at CUA. It's the official pro-life student organization on campus. Um, I'm in a number of other uh, uh, organizations, College Republicans, YAF, um, trying to think what else. I'm technically in the tower. I, um, uh, trying to remember what other, other groups I'm in. I'm in the honors program and I'm one of the honors ambassadors, so from time to time I'll do something uh, usually promotional uh, with the honors program. Um, so that's sort of my, I guess those are the main highlights of what I'm involved in. Can you tell me more about the events of these clubs and uh, what other events for the rest of the semester do they have since you're a big part of the clubs? Yeah, so I could start by talking about Cardinals for Life because that's the club I, I'm most involved with, with running. Um, so Cardinals for Life does, we do sidewalk prayer every Saturday morning. So that's one of our, that's sort of, in my view, that's sort of the capstone event that we do. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think it's where we sort of live up to our mission the most. Because, um, you know, you have this uh, this situation where we, we go to the, the Planned Parenthood in, in D.C. and we do the Rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplet and you know, oftentimes we have people hollering at us and we have people, you know, making faces at us and whatnot, but we just, you know, stand there and pray. And I think um, we see people enter the clinic and we don't know what happens, but we have hope that there that it'll make a difference for these people. You know, I heard a story recently from, uh, I don't know where it was, it might have been on social media, but it was a, uh, it was a story about a man who was praying at a Planned Parenthood. Um, and he was a priest and he showed up I think when it was pretty cold out and he was thinking that he was going to be joining a big group of pro-lifers and he actually showed up to the to the 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 Planned Parenthood and he got there and he was the only one there so he was the only one that had actually shown up and sort of I think just in frustration or whatnot he just sort of knelt down into the snow and he started praying and um, there was a woman up up above who was about to get an abortion. I think she looked down and she saw him and she thought to herself, 
um, if this man who is a complete stranger loves me enough to pray for me in the cold outside all by himself then I can't go through with this abortion so it's you know hearing stories like that that make me think that we're making a difference because we know that when we pray God hears our prayers we don't know whether um, we, we don't know how he answers them but we know that he answers them and so that's why we do sidewalk I think it's the most important event we do in terms of the other events actually this Thursday we're doing an event with um, uh, uh, we're doing an event called pumpkin spice and pro-life on Thursday 7 p.m. in the Happel room in Caldwell um, and it's going to be we're going to be writing letters to members of Congress on the issue of, of pro-life and we're also going to be um, just sort of socializing amongst the club so we're going to have snacks and food and treats and that sort of thing so people are welcome to that uh, I think it's next week so the 18th Thursday the 18th Students for Life is coming we're partnering with them and they have a um, they're doing a see me now tour so they're doing this nationwide college tour uh, and they're coming here to DC the only school in DC they're doing is car is uh, is Catholic University and we're, they're gonna be tabling we're gonna be tabling with them throughout the, that Thursday and then um, they're gonna be doing actually a live ultrasound at Catholic University so there's going to be a, it's going to be pretty cool, um, and then on December first, uh, which is a Wednesday, we're going to have sort of two big events. We're going to be doing taking a group in the morning to the Supreme Court because the Dobbs case, the Supreme Court case, is going to be heard, and we're going to have a group there to show our voice in support of life and support of the unborn. And then that evening, we're going to be hosting an event with. Um, a, a physician who actually used to commit abortions and he he had a moment of conversion and so he's going to be talking about his own pro-life story uh, we're planning to call the talk why are you hurting me because he had heard this internal voice you know this this voice as he prayed that uh, uh, you know he was he was hurting people when he was doing the abortions and so he had this moment of conversion so those are some of the events that CFL's got going so how many members are part of the Cardinals for Life? So we have over 700 members on the nest. Um, so we're, depending on how you count it, we're either the second or the third biggest organization on campus. I think, um, yeah. So thank you for that, Nick. So I, I want to transition here. Since you are a senior here at Catholic University, what are you planning to do after graduation? that's a good question I don't know exactly um, I'm considering uh, maybe some sort of graduate school but I, I'm not quite sure um, something I mean I, I can sort of give you a vague answer in saying I want to do something that involves uh, something that's like intellectually challenging something that probably involves writing um, something that uh, writing and sort of thinking I I um, I think I'll probably go to graduate school but I'm not quite sure so I mean that's if you ask me in like three months I'll probably have a better answer <laughs> so where are you where are you trying to go for grad school are you um, are you trying to stay in the area or are you trying to go back to Minnesota probably not Minnesota um, trying to think I mean in Minnesota if I went, for example, if I went for his like grad school for history, I probably wouldn't go back to Minnesota for that. 
I don't know. Um, it, it's hard to say where I'll end up, I think. I do want to ask one final question here before I go to the break. One day, you said to me a few weeks ago that one day you aspire to be president of Catholic University. couple questions to that. So why do you want to become president? Half joking, but yes, You're on. joking. Okay. All right, half joking. Go on. Go so on. Um, I want to hear a reaction to President Garvey retiring at the end of this year. And two, what would you do if you were the president of Catholic University? <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, President Garvey, um, I think that he's done, overall, a very good job as president. I think that, um, you know, he, I had him in class my freshman year, actually, for for the virtues class, so I know him, I think, pretty well, better than I think most students who have the chance to encounter him. Um, I think that he is, he's done a lot of good for this university. You know, I think interesting the first thing that he did when he became president or at least one of the first things was he moved to single-sex dorms which I think was a good decision um, he has been um, very pro-life I think um, overall he's been um, you know he's talked a lot about the importance of uh, what it says in ex corde ecclesiae which is the the apostolic constitution on Catholic universities, he's talked about the importance of um, making sure that we have enough Catholics uh, on the faculty, because John Paul II says it must be uh, at least half, at very least uh, half. So um, I think he's done a good job. I mean, if I were, you know, in charge, I'd, I, I think that um, I think continuing to focus on how we can live up to our mission is something I would focus on. Um, I think uh, making sure that the classes taught are classes that students are interested in, students want to take. Um, I think there could be some, um, I mean, there's, there's, Im there's always improvements that can be made. I, I, I'll be honest in saying I'd like to see uh, Leahy Hall uh, uh, <laughs> replaced. So, yeah. Well, all right, Nick. Thank you very much. So I'm going to be taking a short break right now. And, Nick, you're going to get going, right? For um, you got a big test tomorrow, right? I do have a test tomorrow. I need to study for that. So. Well, well, I'm going to be bringing in a different guest for the second half of the yes. show here. But Can I, I give a shout-out? Yeah, go for all it. All right. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, – we got someone coming in. I think that's their second guest coming in. Yeah. I just wanted to give a shout-out to Marie and Mike. It's their six-month uh, anniversary, so I told them I'd give a shout-out because what do we got, three million people listening? <laughs> uh, <Nick>? Three million. <laughs> three million. So thank you. Well, Nick, thank you very much for your time. Good luck on your test tomorrow, and good luck for the rest of the semester with a bunch of the clubs you got. You seem very active here on campus, so thank you very much for your time. So, uh, And we'll be right back. I'm joined here by Junior Javier Masriegos. We'll be right back. Welcome back, WCUA Radio, coming to you live from Catholic University in the nation's capital. It is Tuesday's nightly news update with Nick Barry. I am your host, Nick Barry. Welcome back. It is 8.35 p.m. here. I got a different guest on for the second half of the show here. It is Junior Javier Masgariegos. Thank you very much for joining me, Javi. So you are a junior here at Catholic University. So would you like to introduce yourself, Javi? Yeah, thanks, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. Um, 
it's really awesome to be here. Kind of really awesome to talk about um, what I'm involved in here at CUA. But yeah, like Nick mentioned, I'm a junior. I'm from Maryland. Um, originally from Rhode Island. My, my folks moved down to Maryland when um, when I was about eight years old. And so I grew up right in the nation's capital, right outside um, in Rockville, Maryland. So that's in the D.C. metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Those of us familiar with the red line, uh, Rockville's kind of right up there by Shady Grove. Um, and I came to Catholic U to study philosophy, actually, um, because of the reputation the school of philosophy had, and it's been wonderful. Um, I kind of had a bit of a, an interesting academic path. I was pre-med for a little bit, and now I study literature and philosophy. And um, we can get into a number of these different topics, but um, I wear a number of hats around campus. I'm an RA in, in Millennium North, resident assistant, uh, help there with residence life, um, I'm the president of the Philosophy Club. I'm the editor-in-chief of Invencio, which is Catholic University's undergraduate research journal, which publishes twice a year what we deem as the best undergraduate research conducted um, in all the different disciplines of the humanities. And um, I also do sociology research here on campus. It's a really interesting uh, work that I do there. I also tutor at the Writing Center. Um, wonderful service I'm able to give there. And, uh, and lastly, I'm, I'm the undergraduate student who sits on the presidential search committee for Catholic University. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's really quite wonderful, I guess. Um, those are things that I do, but I guess as, as to who I am, I'm a, a brother, a friend, a son of God, um, and very much uh, uh, happy to be a cardinal. Well, thank you for that, Javi. You are, it sounds like you got a full schedule here packed for your junior year so um but do you have a favorite club here on campus that you're a part of or you don't really like pick and choose which one is your favorite yeah you know that's a great question i would i would say that i i obviously really love the philosophy club that that i'm a part of um and we're really trying to to ramp it back up again i really like kind of the mission that it has of um fostering the intellectual development of students and helping us live the life of the mind uh, I am a big fan, though, of Cardinals for Life, uh, the pro-life group on campus. I think it does yep. a lot of really good work um, and really brings a lot of students together. I, I've always been really impressed with their events. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind um, in terms of clubs. I uh, played cr- club rugby for a number of years, so shout out to the guys I played rugby with, um, which is a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah. So I so you're from Rockford, Maryland. So you went to high school in the area, right? Yeah, that's right. I uh, I'm a graduate from uh, the Heights School, which is a small all boys Catholic prep school in Potomac, Maryland, right outside um, of Washington D.C. And uh, actually, I would say uh, my years at the Heights and my uh, my my schooling there has really shaped, I I hope, uh, who I am the most. Um, the Heights has been a humongous part of, of of my growth, of what I've learned to love, of how I've learned to view life. And, uh, you know, oftentimes I think in college you'll meet people who say, you know, I'm so glad I'm out of high school. Um, I'm obviously very happy to be in college, but I deeply, deeply, deeply admire my, uh, my high school, my high school teachers. Um, it, it's a very special school. There's a great love for freedom, great love for friendship. Um, love for the liberal arts, learning for its own sake, um, and it really shapes you to to view challenges in an op- optimistic light. Um, and uh, perhaps at its core, it's a Catholic school that helps students really meet Christ. And uh, I 
I have actually very much, very much love my school. I went there from third to twelfth grade, so I was there for ten years. Wow, it was quite a great time. I heard the rumor that Baron Trump went to school there. Is that true? Uh, no, Baron Trump went to school down the road. Um, he was kind of looking at that school for a bit, um, but I, I think he went to uh, St. Andrew's Episcopal School down the street where uh, a very close friend of mine went, actually. Um, I think they had a, a couple kind of special learning programs that Melania really liked for him. Well, thank you for that, Javi. So I want to talk to you about your mom here now because she works here at Catholic University, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. She works in the business school, um, and it really is quite uh, another big reason why I decided to attend uh, Catholic U here. She's uh, she's an administrative assistant, so she works on the, the fourth floor of Maloney Hall, um, gets along really well with, with all of her colleagues there, and she kind of helps in a lot of the behind-the-scenes things with, with the Bush School students, so helping them with their class selections, with all of that. Uh, honestly, a lot of the kind of academic bureaucracy, she, she tries to really help out there and um, I try to have lunch with her every once in a while. I love seeing her around campus. Um, and uh, it's just really, it, I actually do think it's quite wonderful to to have your parents around in college a little bit because um, obviously we have a freedom in college to do whatever we'd like. But um, we owe a lot of gratitude to our parents. And I think seeing my mother around campus is a wonderful reminder to me that uh, I am everything I'm involved in is is about so much more than just me it's not just about the first name it's about the last name and and everywhere that you're formed by so thank you for that Javi so uh how are you managing all these clubs and school at the same time it sounds like you're a pretty busy student yeah um no that's a good question um and and I will say admittedly it, it is a lot um it might seem like I have it all in control but there are some days where where uh I definitely feel stressed out. But one thing I actually will say that I discovered, um, one summer I was at Notre Dame. I was studying um, some some philosophy up there. And while I was there, I met a psychiatrist who taught at Harvard Medical School. His name is Kevin Majors. And I had, I had really the pleasure to spend a, a number of weeks with him and, and kind of got to know him. And he is a is a practicing psychiatrist who who practices mostly mostly what's called cognitive behavioral therapy which is often um, known as like a, a behavioral or uh, sorry behavioral approach to uh, to both anxiety and depression where he sees one's approach one's uh, appraisal of different tasks whether one sees them as threats or challenges as the key to whether or not one is engaging with one's work meaningfully so in other words he developed these methods of psychological training that help people work at their best and uh, through my friendship with with Dr. Majors and getting to know his work I started to apply those methods to my own life so that the overwhelming aspects of all I had to do became this great challenge that I could use as an opportunity for growth and uh, Dr. Majors has a lot of really wonderful recommendations on time management and things like that that I started to apply and I realized wow heck you know I can actually do a lot of things. Um, I can get these done manageably well. Um, actually, through his through his help, through the methods that he's taught me, and he's now kind of produced both himself a podcast, a website, and a service that he offers to um, to professional businesses called Optimal Work. It is kind of the collection of his theory of working at one's finest. It's similar to Cal Newport um, Cal Newport's book uh, Deep Work, which helps people work with greater intensity and kind of put away 
um, distractions in daily life and work at a high efficiency. Um, Dr. Majors has done something similar where he's kind of collected all these principles that help people avoid distraction and work with greater efficiency and greater intensity. And I think that's actually really important for us today just because we're saturated by so much media, so much um, on our phones, so much in what we listen to, that it's easy to be distracted. We're very distractible. Um, And right now in our economy, what we need is people who are able to focus on tasks and be really excellent at them. Um, So it's, it's been through Dr. Major's work that I've been able to kind of balance a bit of all that I do. Um, I think, I think really with these things, uh, it's not so much my own abilities, but it's really actually the formation and education I've been given. And I will briefly say that my time at the Heights really helped me balance all these things because at the Heights, I was surrounded by teachers who were doing a million things and doing them all really well. So admiring those guys, I have, uh, tried to model my college years like that. Thank you for that, Javi. So can you tell me more a little bit about the Inventio Club you're a part of here on campus? So it is an undergraduate journal here, a research journal. So can you tell me more uh, how is it different from the Catholic University Press here? And how can someone publish their work in Inventio? What's the process it takes to get a piece published? Yeah, for sure. Um, No, Inventio is a really awesome um, opportunity, I think, for students here on campus that I, I got involved in through the recommendation of a professor, but Invencio is a, it's like a Library of Congress recognized research journal that we publish right here on campus um, that's published by students and it publishes work of students. In other words, so what we publish are papers and research projects done by Catholic U undergraduates and the students who produce, edit, you know, proofread, design and send that journal off to the printer are um, are a board of students and I'm the editor-in-chief of that board you know so most of my duties are, are the the overall managing of the board and the big picture vision that we have of it and then delegating tasks to the the other sub editors whether that be copy editors or managing editors or layout editors um, but I will say I mean a couple of things one is students I think can and should submit their work to Invencio. You know, we, we table at the Priz and we, we have a website, um, invencio.catholic.edu is our website, um, where we kind of make it very clear how you can submit. But I think not only can students submit, but they should, because oftentimes you'll really, look, I think in college, people have found a discipline that they like and they're excited about. Because no one, I think, is forced, obviously no one's forced into a major that they don't like. And thankfully, we get to pick. So most people that study history are genuinely interested in history. I study literature. I'm genuinely interested in literature. And in these history, literature, economics, philosophy, art history classes, we're given these kind of substantial projects to research. And you're kind of asked to imitate what a professional does, which is kind of look at the literature that's out there about your topic and put your own opinion in there and learn, learn something and share something about a topic. So we'll often get history papers that study what were the, what was Napoleon III doing during the American Civil War? You know, that's not something we typically know about. So a student went in and researched that. And oftentimes students will get really into their research. Why is that? Well, because they picked their major. They picked their classes. They're going to find that stuff interesting. And sometimes it's kind of sad for you to, like, work on your Word document for, like, four months, send it to your professor, and then they give it back with a couple comments and a grade. 
But what you really did during that process was discover something new. And it's really helpful actually to then um, share with others, you know, in a public forum, what you've discovered so that you can share your own work and others can be enriched by it. Um, and uh, I think one of the coolest things about my work in Invencio is that I get, I get to read a lot of this work um, and learn a lot about different fields. We publish from all kinds of humanities disciplines. We don't publish science because science, hard sciences are uh, typically have their own avenues for, for publication. Um, you know, it is, we work very closely with CUA Press, but CUA Press publishes um, professional academics and we publish undergraduate researchers. And I do think it is important though for Catholic U to support the work of undergraduate researchers because it shows an institutional commitment to do what a university is supposed to do, uh, which is pursue the truth. And pursuing the truth doesn't happen when you have a PhD. It happens because you're a human being. And part of a university's job is to help people begin that pursuit. And for many, they will continue in academia itself and eventually publish with someone like CUA Press. But oftentimes, it's really helpful, it's really motivating to have that first moment of seeing oneself in print to see, hey, my thoughts matter in the field itself um, because they do. And, um, you know, learning is like a great conversation and you begin by kind of admiring the conversation and sitting back and listening. But eventually it's our time to then engage with that conversation. I think the greatest authors, um, especially kind of in recent history, have shown that pattern. You know, they spend time studying the tradition and then they kind of weigh in. I think T.S. Eliot's a, a, a great example of this. And obviously, Invencio's on a small scale, but it, it gives a wonderful opportunity for us to, to continue to love learning. I want to ask another question here about, you mentioned that you're under the undergraduate search committee for the pre presidential search here at Catholic University. I know you can't really talk a, uh, a lot about it, but how did you get involved with that? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I I actually would have to say here as well, um, one I don't really know kind of how my name was was the was you know picked as the undergraduate representative on the search committee, but um, um, I just know that that we really have an important task um, to pick the next president of Catholic University. You know, President Garvey announced his retirement a few uh, I guess a few months ago at this point. Um, but yeah, to be completely honest, I'm not exactly sure kind of why I was picked. And uh, I, I can't really speak about our work for obvious reasons of confidentiality. Um, and, and you understand that. But I think what I can share with the public here is that um, Catholic U is really at a, at a wonderful moment in its history where President Garvey has done a lot of really wonderful things to our university. He's made it much more academically serious and he's really reshaped its Catholic identity and we realize that our role to find someone to not only continue that work but to go to the next level is is really quite important and um, I, I, I can share kind of from my own experience it's been a real honor and, and quite a blessing to work with um, you know top decision makers trustees on the board and to, to share a table with them and, and work with them. And we have a great working relationship, all of us. And, and I will say for those of us, those listeners out there who, who, who are 
people of prayer or, or Christians or Catholics that uh, that we re- really appreciate prayer for the search committee. I know there's a group of students right now praying the rosary that, that we pick a good president. So the more uh, help that we can have supernaturally, the better. And for those of us who, who perhaps uh, who don't pray, perhaps, you know, wish us the best of luck. Um, keep us in your thoughts. And, and, and for those who do, you know, keep us in your prayers that, that we make a great choice. And uh, I think, yes, stay tuned for an exciting announcement in the spring. Well, thank you for that, Javi. It sounds like you got th- you got the big insider scoop. You can't really share too much about that. So I got to ask you, you're, you've been rumored to run for Student Government Association president. Would you want to give a comment about that? If you if you want to run or not, what, what do you th- uh, would you want to run? First of all, you know that's a great question, Nick. Uh, no, thanks for asking. Uh, you know, it's funny. The Roman poet Virgil describes rumor as as a great beast with wings that's faster than any creature on earth that very much spreads um no you know i have been told that i would be a a great guy for the job to be the sga president because i i would know the next president um i will say right now i'm very busy with my work as an ra as a tutor as a researcher um and all these different things but i would love to serve uh catholic university and catholic university undergraduates um so if the opportunity opens up, I, w- I would gladly like to serve in that position. But uh, to be completely honest, I'm a little intimidated of the prospects of putting together a presidential campaign. But, but I will say this, and that is I oftentimes it's really wonderful to ask students, why did you come to Catholic University? And there's different reasons. Sometimes it's, oh, it's in D.C. or it's a Catholic school or I wanted a, a medium-sized school, and Catholic has a beautiful campus. And you know, to be completely honest with you, Nick, the reason why I came to Catholic University was because I wanted to serve the church in the United States. Um, I think the church has gone through a lot in the past couple of years, especially in the United States, and there have been some scandals and some difficulties. And I think it's really important for young Catholics to see their role in the world right now as one of a great sense of mission that they can seriously help guide the church going forward so that the church can help guide the world and I often know that there is a there is a lot of division on our campus and a lot of times perhaps the undergraduate population doesn't really have a grasp that Catholic University has a purpose it's not just a university to have fun or to get a degree but it has a serious, what we, you know, what we could call philosophically, it has a final cause. It has a purpose for existence, and that is to give the Republic of the United States her best citizens and to educate faithful Catholics so that they can be among those best citizens. And I would love to serve the undergraduate population, perhaps as president, um, to help shape that identity that we aren't just here to goof off or to listen to a Jesse McCartney concert. I mean, that's fun. But that's not why we're here. We're here to help in this mission uh, that the church has given us. And when, when I'm in board meetings with, with cardinals of the Catholic Church, I think it's really important that we have um, a serious commitment to what this institution is about. But as, as for running, uh, I think we'll see. You know, we'll see if I run. I know there's a lot of really wonderful people in SGA right now who, who would also do a fantastic job, but uh, I need to be convinced a little more. <laughs> Thank you for that, Javi. I appreciate your answer on that. 
what are you trying to do after graduation? Are you, you're a junior here? Are you trying? You, you talk about you're in the, you're very much into philosophy and the arts and history, and you're talking about the Civil War. What are you trying to do after graduation? Are you trying to get a? Uh, are you trying to do graduate work, professor? Are you trying to teach, or are you? What are you? What are you? What are your goals after graduation? Yeah, no, I actually think you nailed it just there. Um, I would love to teach. My career dream would be to teach and the question is just you know at what level um i could either teach at the high school level or the university level and um i would be equally happy doing each and perhaps it's um time will tell which one is meant for me i would love to teach high school i'd love to teach high school literature or philosophy um, but i also want to go to graduate school and continue my studies i want to keep learning i think i don't know anything and the more I kind of read the great books and the great authors, I see how much I have to learn. I'd love to study John Henry Newman and his thought, both as a literary and philosophical figure, perhaps in graduate school. So I'm thinking my senior year to apply to graduate programs. You know, we'll see if up in up in New York or Yale or, or across the ocean in Oxford or Cambridge. But uh, I would, I'd love to keep studying either literature, philosophy, or maybe even theology. So uh, recently I've found a... Uh, a new interest in theology so we'll see we'll, we'll see where where it goes but I I would uh, certainly love to stay within the academic world as a teacher and you know it would be really wonderful to teach um, you know as a professor that would be really really neat um, well, thank you for that Javi uh, that pretty much just wraps up my questions for you Javi do you have any other closing remarks here before I, I pretty much wrap the show or if any other questions I didn't really answer the you Javi do you have any other closing remarks you want to give yeah um well you know I, I will say this um I think Catholic University is a really special place and I think we often have to open our eyes to see what's going on historically both in our country and in the church in within the Catholic Church I think one key fact that has arisen is the United States has become kind of very prominent it's 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 uh it's become really influential in the church especially after the second vatican council and i think american catholics have a particular responsibility to be faithful to the church and that's not just like a, a kind of boring thing a boring responsibility but it's i think a real call to adventure to be faithful um and to see our role as showing the world what it means to be Christian and to, sh to show that it's a path of joy. And I think Catholic University has to shape people who are then going to go out into the world and give people real answers to tough questions. I think people right now are asking tough questions. People in COVID have been asking tough questions. People have gone through existential crises. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and if you have gone through an existential crisis in COVID, I would say lean into that. Why, why are you restless? What are you looking for? And the church has an answer. And if the church doesn't do a good job showing other people the adventure that is on offer in the call to be a saint, you know, shame on us. We should do a better job of, of giving people a real opportunity to give of themselves and, and make a, a joyful, meaningful life. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy with Catholic University. And I I actually think overall it's pretty underrated. I think you can get an incredible education here. And I think Catholic youth students, we should have a great pride in the school that we're at and realize that we have to uh, get our training in so that we can do a lot of good 
a lot of good when we get out of here. Well, thank you for that, Javi. I do want to promote a couple of events here before I, I wrap up the show. So there's a, a program board event tomorrow night. It's a fall, fall frosting frenzy. That is from 8.30 to 10.30 in the Pritz Food Court. There's going to be a Philly pretzel factory and, and cootie decoration and a lot of fall treats. And there's also uh, on Wednesdays, WCUA for live music, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on the Pritz patio, weather permitting. Uh, be ready with your songs requests to be featured by our DJs. So that pretty much wraps up the show for tonight. I appreciate you, Javi, for coming on the show tonight also. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Good good luck with your um, rest of your academic, I, with your academic success here. I hope you have a big announcement about the new president that you can share coming out. Hopefully that will come out the second semester probably, hopefully. That's right, spring. Spring, okay. April, May. April, May. March, April. March, April, okay. Um, so thank you for that, Javi. I appreciate it. It sounds like you're really enjoying school. You really enjoy the arts and sciences. So I appreciate you coming on the show tonight to talk a little bit more about your passion for Catholic University and all the above. So uh, that pretty much wraps up the show of Episode 8 of uh, Tuesday's Nightly News Update with Nick Barry. I appreciate everyone listening tonight. Appreciate it, Javi, again once more. Uh, thank you very much. I am your host, Nick Barry. Thank you very much. Have a great night.